I learned a long time ago that it's important to have people in your network who are further along than you. So someone who's making like millions, half a million in their company, and then also people who are just starting out. It's like important to have that well-rounded group because you have people you can learn from, and then you have people who can look to you as a mentor as well. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today I have Brittany Turner on the podcast, you guys. So she is at It's Brittany, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y, Nicole underscore. Uh, She is the founder of the Boss Up Agency. She is also the founder of It's Meraki, uh, which you can follow both of those on Instagram as well. she is someone that I've been following for quite a bit of time now, and she's one of my favorite people to follow on social media. Um, and we talk about it in the episode, but you know, there are so many people that I feel like exude this. We've been talking about it a lot on the podcast recently, like this, that girl kind of persona, right? Where it's like, you're, everything is aesthetically pleasing and perfect. Right. And then I come across her content and it is aesthetically pleasing. And for the most part, if you're, if you want my opinion, I think it looks very perfect. Um, but there's something about her to me that says like, no, like this is like her authentic, self and like how she actually lives. And I found it really inspiring to hear what her answer was uh, when I asked her about, you know, the aesthetic vibes um, that she curates. Uh, And she wasn't always that way. And so I really, and it is authentic and I could sense that I knew it. Um, But anyways, she has a journal herself. uh, And that's also been a huge inspiration for me to to sort of look up to her in that sense. Uh, And so anyways, I'm just really excited to have her on the podcast today. Um, She's a really kind soul. And yeah, I'm excited to have her on. So let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. And today I have Brittany Turner on the podcast. She is the founder of the Boss Up Babe Agency. She is also the founder, double founder, hello, of Meraki Co., uh, where she has a journal and other office supplies that are made sort of to inspire your best self. Uh, So that's right up our alley on this podcast, uh, as my listeners know. So I'm so excited to have you on today. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Victoria. I'm excited to chat with you all. Yes. So I love your content so much. Thank like, you. You are one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. If people ask me who I love to follow, I love following your stuff. Um, you make such beautiful content. Like you can tell that you care, but mm-hmm. I feel like, and I could be wrong about this. What I feel when I watch your content is that what I'm looking at is authentically actually who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, let me show this beautiful morning routine and all this gorgeous whatever. Like, I feel like you are someone who like actually romanticizes your life and like really like lives this way. Am I right about that? Yes, absolutely. First of all, I want to say thank you as someone who's been a a content creator since 2012. 
I've come a long way with finding like my voice and my style. And I will say that although I am authentically like this now, I was not a few years ago (laughs) suffering from corporate burnout and all the things that were happening in the world. But I feel like I'm finally at a place where I've stepped into my truth and I'm like fully embracing the life in my 30s and just navigating and navigating businesses and relationships. And I feel good about that. Yeah. It's okay. That's really incredible. So let's start there. That's a great starting point for, because I love the relatability of so many people who are just like, you know, you the things you see on Instagram or TikTok or just social media in general, where you're just like, man, she really has it all together. And it makes you sometimes feel like, man, I don't have it all together. So mm-hmm. how did you make that transition? Like, I mean, I feel like also what I gather from you is that you're someone who really protects your peace. Yes, definitely. Um, I definitely made that transition after leaving corporate. So I quit my nine to five job in 2020 to become my own boss. And I started the boss up agency. And from that point on, it was just like, okay, I only have myself to depend on. Like I can't get PTO. I can't get my coworker to fill in for me or to do this thing. Like I'm fully running this business on my own in my 400 square foot studio apartment during a pandemic after a breakup. And so I really need to make something shake. And so um, from that point on, I really started to develop healthy habits, um, like waking up early to work on my business, um, making sure that I took care of myself physically, um, because a lot of what I was doing in the beginning was client work. And so I was giving all my energy to my clients and sometimes having like back to back to back coaching clients that afterwards... I imagine that this is how therapists feel like after they get off like calls are like, whoo, like I'm burnt out. Now I need to do something for me. Um, But it really was that transitional year for me that really showed me that I cannot hustle culture and being burnt out is not a sustainable way to live. I need to figure out ways to protect my peace and set digital boundaries set boundaries with friends, family, um, but ultimately get to a place where I'm happy within myself inside and out. And I'm able to exude that to my clients, my team, or whoever it is that I meet. So it's been a journey, but I'm here and I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Are we all right? (laughs) So would you say digital boundaries, is that what you said? Digital boundaries. Let's talk about that. I would love to unpack that, what that means for you. Yeah, so I actually learned this from one of my clients who herself was taking digital boundaries. And it was when I was really heavily fixated on my client work, I would allow clients to text me after hours or just text me in general, call me sometimes. And I found that like, I didn't have boundaries on Slack, on my phone. Like I was just being so accessible to people and that wasn't creating a good space for me. And so I've learned to set those digital boundaries. Like I don't give out my phone number, (laughs) like reach me via email. Or if I set up Slack for my clients, reach me there between these hours is when I'm available. And being very stern with that was a little hard coming from corporate where you're like, I have to be a team player. I have to be responsive. I have to be on top of these emails. I was like, no, this is my chance to really like create my own work environment. So I need to do what works best for me and my mental health. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like I'm, like you just said, a work in progress, constantly trying to figure out, figure that out, you know? And it's constantly a journey of saying yes when I mean yes, saying no when I mean no, and just 
really like honoring, you know, how you feel and what feels good and what doesn't, you know, and doing that with your friends and family too. Right. Like sometimes my friends and family will reach out and like, ask me a question or need my help with something. And I'm like, I don't have to respond right away. Let me actually give you time to troubleshoot it on your own um, before I like respond. Or maybe I'm doing something, but I think digital boundaries are super important. Very important. Um, so I also noticed that something that you do is, is connect with a lot of other female entrepreneurs. Kind of go to I think I saw recently because I like I said I follow all of your content um, <laughs> that you posted. You were at some co- sort of like conference or something. Um, so you take time to connect with other female entrepreneurs and kind of like broaden your, your space. I want to know about that and and why that's other, that's important for other females or males in general, but anyone who's listening. Absolutely. Um, I felt like for me getting into this industry, it was important for me to fully immerse myself, um, especially being new to now the Boston area. I've been in Boston for four months. And so I was like, the first thing I thought about was I need to find where the female founders are, where are the entrepreneurs that I can connect with? Because I built a great base in Chicago and in New York when I was living there for six years. And I was just like, now I have to start all over. And so really just figuring out ways to plug myself into the industries, getting out there. I found that Female Founders Collective does these meetups in different cities for free. And I'm like, why wouldn't I join the Boston meetup that was coming up? And I met some amazing ladies and we're like, we're going to have our own meetup now outside of Female Founder Collective. But I think that in the beginning, it could be a little a little scary to put yourself out there because you're like, OK, some of these ladies might be further along than I am. Um, what if they feel like I'm not as um, I don't know, my business is not as cool as theirs or whatever the case may be, but I learned a long time ago that it's important to have people in your network who are further along than you. So someone who's making like millions, half a million in their company, and then also people who are just starting out. It's like important to have that well-rounded group because you have people you can learn from and then you have people who can look to you as a mentor as well. So yeah, I think I'm really excited to continue to just find my female founders here in Boston. So it's been great. I love that. I'm the same. I lived, uh, I've bopped around quite a bit. I lived, um, I'm from Maryland and then I was in LA and then DC and now New York. So, right. Like there's something about it though. I feel like we must be similar in this way though, where it's like, you love, do you like secretly also like really love the challenge of being in a new place? Yeah. I thrive, thrive off of it. It's so fun for me to like rebuild and start over. Like I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's great because now my fiance, like he's also an entrepreneur. And so we're like, okay, let's figure out ways that we can like plug ourselves and like go to an event. So it's great to have like a supportive partner in that realm too. um, That also shares those same values that you do wanting to expand in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to say I need, I mean, I guess I could go to a female founder meetup. I'm the founder of this podcast. I got something going, um, because you know, the things that I'm working on too, but, um, not quite there yet. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, Meraki, this brand that you built, um, and why you decided to do this and also, um, you know, some of the hurdles that you maybe have faced along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember um, laying down. It was, I was having like a restless night. I just could not fall asleep. And I was scrolling through Pinterest and I came across this word Meraki. 
And it means to pour yourself into whatever it is you're doing. So whether it be your work, your family, whatever the case may be, but just to pour all of yourself into that. And so I was just like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with this word, but I feel like I'm connected with this word. It It definitely did. And then a few months later, I was just like, you know what? I know exactly what I'm going to do because during my healing process and building my own companies and things like that, I had filled up the pages of six to eight journals. And I felt like I had to, there were different journals that I was using for different things. So I had one that was my journal and then my finances and things like that and mindset gratitude journal. And I was just like, you know what? I need to create an all-in-one planner that will help entrepreneurs balance their mindset and their business. And that's how Meraki came about. So it really is helping entrepreneurs make sure they are fully fit mentally and physically to run their business by helping them with the mindset practices and habits that they need to instill to start their days. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's beautiful as well. Thank you. Yeah. And that's how I found Brittany was Mm -hmm. like your journal must have popped up on my explore page or I don't even know. And that's how I found you. And I was like, Oh, this is like really beautiful. And then I, I literally looked at your page and I'm like, I started following you. I started following your content. And I was like, mm-hmm. you inspired me so much because I was like, okay, like I want to create a journal. I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it too. Yes. Absolutely. And that's how you made me feel. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, did some research and like looked into who like helped you create yours. And I'm like, okay. So I reached out to the same person and like, yeah, I'm just like, you really did. You inspired me. I was like, and then I saw also, I think at the time you were living in Brooklyn too. And I live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, if she could do it, I could do it. And like, that's, it. <laughs> that's what I think it's all about in this day and age, especially is like, I don't know, women inspiring other women and like reminding, you know, people like, you know, anybody, you don't have to have, you know, 1 million followers on Instagram, or, you know, I don't know what your, your backing was to start this. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to have, fully a t- <laughs> yeah, fully self-funded. So yes. you don't have to have, you know, and I've talked to, um, you know, Adina's jewelry. I don't know if you know that jewelry brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had her on the podcast and she started, I think it was with like 250 bucks and she was in mm-hmm. college and she's, um, first generation. Her parents are Im- uh, immigrated and she, you know, she, they worked really, really hard and they didn't have a ton of money and she had 250 bucks mm-hmm. and she started this, this jewelry brand now that's like nationwide, you know, even worldwide, I'm not sure. Um, but it's now becoming like this name that people know. And so it's like, you know, I just, I love stories like that of founders who, you know, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And there's all these things we, there's a million and one excuses that we yep. can use about why we can't do something. And it's, it's always our immediate default to go to the reasons why we can't do something. I feel like, but it's like, why not search exactly. for the reasons why you can do something? And then it always helps me to just go and and find somebody who, who is doing it. Mm-hmm. And then like connect with that person and reach out to that person because it's like, it it can be done at every phase of the game. It really can, no matter what we want to create or what we want to do. Absolutely. I think people are afraid to start and there's a lot of content around starting a business, but I think that there has to be more content around maintaining a business, right? Like, okay, like what's going to keep you going? 
what's going to keep you going when you might not get sales that month or when uh, your contractor ghosts you <laughs> or, you know, what's, what's really going to be the fuel behind you. And those are the moments where you really have to push yourself and believe in yourself and bet on yourself like she did. Um, so it's, yeah, running a business is no easy feat. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say that's really, really accurate what you just said, because the startup is really sexy. Yeah. It sounds like everyone talks about it on TikTok. Like this is how you start a business, but like maintaining a business, doing your taxes, making sure that you are like maintaining your profit margins. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it um, and a lot of backing, financial backing, if you don't have investors or whatever the case may be. Um, So yeah, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, that is, that's the truth. It's like, here's what it's, here's the glamorous bit. And then here's what it's like when you're actually in the trenches. Exactly. And you're a one woman team and a one woman show. And you're like, (laughs) okay, I got to now sell this thing. It's like making it is not the hard part. I guess you're right. Like you think it is when you're in that, in that space of, Mm -hmm. of getting going. It's like, well, once you have this physical product in your hand or whatever it is you've created actually physically in your hand, it's like, Oh no, no. Now the real work actually begins. Yeah. When you see like all the inventory you have and you're like, um, I think I need to push, like, what am I supposed to do with all this inventory? It has to go. Um, you really start to push yourself to the limit and think about creative ways that you can market your business. So I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, like I, I have the collection, right? Like how, can I best creatively market my business so that I stand out upon amongst other planners? Yeah. And you know what? I want to talk about that too. Cause one thing I do think I feel really confident about is like, you know, there is a new journal that comes out every day, mm-hmm. probably every day, Yeah, but you can't pay attention to any of that. You have to just like put your blinders on and like, you know, really believe and bet on, like, I think what you have is very unique, like for it to be like a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs, for the mindset, for their mindset, for their finances, for all of these things. Um, like that's unique, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and then it's like, I think that's another thing I always keep, I keep leaning on with females, but it is just people in general, but Mm -hmm. You know, it's like just just because you have something doesn't make it any less important or special if someone else has something si- like different, similar, right? Like mine is a gratitude practice. It's not like a, mm-hmm. anyways. But yeah. I think that's important to remember too, because I think that's another thing that holds us back from stopping or starting rather is seeing what other people have or what other people do. And I think that's another excuse that we tell ourselves about, you know, I don't have X or I don't have Y or they have this and I don't and like, it just doesn't matter. That's so true. You really, and, and that's the thing with social media and just content creation in general. Um, you really just have to like own your point of difference and just go with that. Like when you're creating content and not look at, it's hard not to, but not, not pay attention to maybe like other people who are in the similar realm that you are and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, I remember when I was starting our starting my planner, I was really heavily looking at this other company and I was just like, Oh, like they have such great products. Like their Instagram looks amazing, blah, blah, blah. And they had been around for maybe like five to seven years. And so in my mind, I was just like, it looks like they're thriving. Like I, I want to be just like them. 
And then their founder sent out an email saying that she was going to stop the business because she wants to focus on being a mom. And I was just thinking to myself, like, here I am thinking that this is going to be one of those businesses that like have longevity and things like that. But also like people pivot all the time. And that's another reason why you can't look at people because like you could be mirroring what someone else is doing and then they stop and then they pivot and then you're like, oh, wait what happened? Like, what was the reason? Um, But yeah, that was like a learning for me that I have to keep going at my own pace and doing what I feel is right in my gut. So gut feelings never lie. Never. I always give this example. I've said it a million times on this podcast. So the people, everyone who's listening is going to be like, yeah, yeah, we know. But like, (laughs) I always say it's like hot sauce, right? It's like you got Frank's Red Hot, which is my personal favorite. You got Cholula. I also love that one. You got all these different hot sauces, right? And it's like, huh? Louisiana. There you go. Everybody's got our favorite, right? So you got all these different hot sauces and they're all great. But like, you don't see Cholula trying to replicate what Sriracha is doing Mm -hmm. because there, it would, it just doesn't work. You become a diluted, like, you know, a, a runner up or something, you know, second best to somebody of, you know, a washed up version of the other hot sauce. Right. And the thing is, everybody's got their own recipe, their own ingredients, their own sauce. And at the end of the day, you know, what's true. They're all hot. Yeah, that's so like, true. You yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. like, I always come back to that. I, it, it, it will, I swear I need to get like, um, like a necklace made with like a little like hot sauce on it. I swear. No, I love that. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Because it always comes into my head. I'm like, whenever I see myself comparing or I, you know, get in that, I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's their hot sauce recipe. I got to yeah. focus on my recipe because that's what makes me great or what I'm doing great is my recipe. So I have to focus mm-hmm. on my, my stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's always what I come back to. And I, I always still share it because I'm like, well, maybe somebody's listened to this episode for the first time and they never heard me say it 10,000 times. So <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's the first time I've heard it. So there look. you go. There you go. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the boss up agency that you founded. So you founded that first before Meraki. Yeah. So I actually founded that early 2020. And then in August of 2020, I did the whole shebang. I got the LLC and quit my job. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you just went all in. I went all in. I, I think that year I'd saved about 10K. And the year prior, I had made a tweet and I was just like, I am going to be a full time entrepreneur by my 28th birthday. My 28th birthday rolled around and I was like, crap, I got to make it happen. And so I literally quit my job and started coaching clients and then ultimately moved on to social media influencer marketing management. And now it is completely different with a different mission um, after two to three years of being in that space. The pivot. Yep. The pivot is evolving as I'm evolving and I have to be true to myself. I think what I feel like when it comes to coaching, it's like the same questions start to come up probably from the people you're coaching. And then you're just like, oh, this is what people, this is where I shine. This is where my Mm -hmm. expertise is, you know? And then you kind of just go in that, in that direction. Um, Wow. Yeah. I found that I was helping a lot of my clients really with their mindset. So once we got past like the strategy and the ideas and the things like that, it was helping them believe that they can actually achieve these things. And that's when I realized after reframing our mission earlier this year, that the goal of the boss up agency is really to help them bridge the gap between 
entrepreneurship and wellness and helping entrepreneurs um, being able to guide them at every touch point of their journey and making sure that it always comes back to self and how they're taking care of themselves so that they can run their business. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's real. Mm -hmm. Like the self care, you know, movement, if you will, has really taken on, you know, its own identity, I would say in the years pandemic from the pandemic, I would say, Mm -hmm. and post pandemic world. But at first, maybe it was like trendy or cool. Yeah, maybe. And then I think people realize like, oh, this actually works. Like Mm -hmm. taking time for myself and meditating or journaling or whatever it is, creating a routine that feels good, like cleaning up my home space, whatever, it actually works. Mm -hmm. And you feel better and you show up in your life better. And when you feel better and when you show up in your life better, then you can be there for the people that you love, like going to therapy and how you treat others and how you show up in your relationships and like all of it. It just, it really does give back tenfold. It does. And I remember coming across an article and it was just saying how 72% of entrepreneurs are actually suffering from depression. And I was just like, you know, with with all the hype around the, around entrepreneurship and the glamorization of startup life, no one really talks about being in the thick of it and feeling alone or just like feeling burnt out and all of those things. And so that's really where I wanted to make sure that I shined a light on. It's just like mental health is important, especially important as an entrepreneur who's balancing all of these things and the pressures of hustle culture. How can we help guide them? Right. The pressures of hustle culture. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever done the My Human Design? I have not. Oh my gosh, you should so do it. I'm obsessed. Um, it's like, it's sort of like an Enneagram thing, mm-hmm. um, but download the My Human Design app. Okay. And then there's like five different things. You're like either a generator, a... Anyways, and then this this British girl, I think she's British. Her accent it sounds British. Uh, I think she created it years ago, but then you can listen to, and they're almost like meditations. It's really neat. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just tells you about who you are. Um, mm-hmm. And there's five different things you could possibly be there. I can't remember them all now. A projector, a manifester, a manifesting generator, a generator. Anyways, there's five. Mm-hmm. It's It's fascinating. It will blow your mind. It's really fascinating, but I was reading or listening to, cause I like listening to it. Um, you just kind of go through all of your stuff, mm-hmm. uh, in the app. And it was saying how basically I am someone who can get more done in three hours than maybe most people get done during the day or mm-hmm. the entire course of a day. And that I need a lot of rest and that I ha- like taking naps in the middle of the day is like, actually like something I personally like need in order to function. And I was like, all of it really was like a light bulb moment for me. Cause I was like, wow, all of my life, I would wonder why I can't study as long as other people, why I lose interest or I can't, you know, focus as long as other people. And mm-hmm. I always thought like, oh, I must have like ADD maybe like in college. I was like, oh, maybe I need like a subscription yeah, a subscription. That's not the right word. Um, uh, you know, to, um, mm-hmm. Adderall or something, not subscription. Yeah. What is the word? Uh, prescription. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> yes. I was like, Oh, maybe I need a prescription to Adderall. Like, I don't know. I got to figure this out. And it was, it's not that it's just the type of 
human being that I am, like well, I'm yeah. good to focus maybe for three hours and that's all I can give. Like, that's it. I Now I want to take this because I was literally, I think I was talking to their, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was asking them, I was just like, how much do you get done in a day? And they were like, oh, I probably get done like three to four things. And I'm just like looking at my to-do list and I'm like, here I am trying to get like 10 to 15 things done in a day. And I probably very well can get like six to eight done, but I'm overdoing it because probably the normal person sticks to two to three things a day. And I'm like doing all these things. So I really want to know that. Uh, So I'm going to take that. So thank you. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It also was like, said something, it was like, oh, you find comfort in, in being warm and Mm -hmm. like warm foods and like soup and like just being warm and like taking a really, really crazy hot shower. And I was like, yes, like my fiance (laughs) and I will always sit down to eat and he'll like let his food cool. And I'm like, no, I'm like, it needs to be eaten right away when it's like piping hot out of the oven. Like that's how it should be. And we've Mm -hmm. like had we've like had that, like that, like discussion. So it was really funny to me to read that and be like, Oh, this is like actually in my like DNA or whatever, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It helps you how to operate, like how to navigate your day, which is important because you're doing things that are not in your zone of genius. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. You have to like bring yourself back down. So that's great. Yeah, so look up my human designs really cool. Um, oh, yeah, open. I'm ready to <laughs> I got it. I love it. I, you got to tell me what you think once you do it. Um so what is one of your favorite journal prompts that you come back to a lot cuz I I'm not entirely familiar but I think you have like free writing space, right? I do have free writing space uh, especially in the in the front that um has to do with setting your affirmations for the year. So So I would say a lot of my my favorite journal prompts have to do with money mindset just because growing up I definitely had a scarcity mindset when it came to money so just tackling those journal uh journal prompts and also simultaneously tackling like childhood trauma or maybe like the mindset that I had surrounding money just so I can get to that next level has been one of the things that I liked to constantly work on and make sure that I'm challenging myself yeah I think that's great I love that. Just working on whatever thought patterns that we, you know, Mm -hmm. journaling on whatever thought patterns that we want to like interrupt and disrupt. Absolutely. I like like that. Um, Yeah. So what would you say is the best piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to start their own business, whatever it may be? I would definitely say when you're starting out and I get this from a lot of my clients too, they're scared to post. They're like, oh, my Instagram is made up of my family and friends. What if they don't like my content? What if they don't purchase um, my items and things like that? And I always say your family and friends are not, might not be your target audience. So don't pay attention to those patterns. Just continue to put yourself out there so that you can reach more of your target audience and your people, right? Because it's easy to get discouraged when you feel like certain people are not vibing with what you're putting out there, but it just means that you need to find your people. Not that you necessarily need to change anything or that people don't like you. So just change your mindset around who your people are and how you can continue to attract them. There you go. That's great Mm -hmm. advice. 
And speaking of advice, the last question that I will ask you is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh my goodness. I would tell my younger self not to worry as much. I feel like I did so much worrying and overthinking that I probably ruined a bunch of moments where I should have been more present um, and just enjoyed the process. And so definitely just to go with the flow a little bit more, take the pressure off of yourself and not to overthink, just do, just do more um, would definitely be the advice I would give my younger self. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It was so great to chat with you. Thanks for having me, Victoria. All right. That is a wrap for today's episode. You can definitely follow Brittany at it's Brittany Nicole underscore. Follow me at Victoria Brown and the pod handle at very best self. Uh, today's episode was so good. So inspiring. Um, just very casual and laid back about, you know, the, your approach to doing the things that you want to do in this life and, and not holding yourself back and not making excuses and really just putting your foot on the gas and saying like, I'm worthy of whatever I want to create and I have everything I need. And if I'm willing to put in the work and do the research and uh, make connections and really put myself out there that, that anything is possible. And, and that's true for all of us. So I think that that was the biggest real takeaway from today is just, you know, ultimately the base layer of everything, which is believe in yourself and put in the work. So she's a great example of that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, please follow the podcast and subscribe at very best self or the very best self podcast on, you know, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, hit that subscribe button, give us five stars. And if you have a moment, please leave a review and share this episode with someone you love. That's a wrap for today. I will talk to you soon. See you next week. Love you. Mean it. BB out. Mm -hmm.